0: Hi, I'm Daniel Fuller from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily community meditation, where today we're talking about it's time to train, talking about the difference that training makes. So I have my personal training gym for a number of years, probably 15 years, and had trainers working for me. And something I used to always tell my trainers, we would have to reinforce to them all the time, is that a lot of people work out but very few people train. A lot of people work out, but very few people train because it would happen sometimes where a new client would come into the gym and they would tell us how they've been working out. They've been working out. They've been doing this and this and this. But when it came time to train, they were not prepared. They didn't know how to do it. They were not prepared. Their bodies were not ready. It was too much for them. And had to constantly remind our trainers so they wouldn't do too much with those clients. A lot of people work out. Very few people train. There's a difference. There's a difference. In 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, train yourself in godliness. Train yourself in godliness. He says physical training is good. It has some value. But training ourselves to be godly has value for this life and also the life to come. So we got to train ourselves to be So We're going to be asking for God's help today. Helping us to train and understanding the difference. We'll talk about that a little bit today. Understanding the difference. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was just doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. And I was running my personal training business. The business got started, was doing great at first. But then I got into some tough times and my business began to struggle. Got some months where I'm losing thousands of mo- dollars in a month. And I just remember getting into the place of going for a walk with my wife around the neighborhood, telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be a better way. And shortly after that, I came across one chapter from the book of Proverbs. Or I came across a challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has 31 chapters, so on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. You keep going like that until the end of the month, and then you start back over. So I've been doing this for a little while. And one morning, Proverbs 13, 22 just seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? Well, the Proverbs tell us that wisdom is the principal thing. So I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. He taught me this whole new way to live. We make him the source, we make him the center of everything. It wasn't always easy, though, because I had to learn to put off my old ways, learn to do things in a new way. At times, I found myself in some impossible looking situations, only to see God just come through over and over again as my trust in him just began to grow. And over the course of about 10 years, I just began to document what he was taking me through, what he was teaching me. And it turned into this whole series of books and courses and now partners that we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. And out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe the most important thing is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to turn things around, to create a turning point in our life. So that the trajectory of our lives has changed going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, as often as you do this, remember me. It just helps us to remember and not forget, especially when we're facing issues and troubles and problems. Helps us to abide in hymns that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says, every time you take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. Which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all those benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus. Just remembering all that he suffered for us, all that he went through, but also all that his sacrifice means for us. Connecting us back to God, giving us this new covenant with God. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some physical exercise, workout tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and all of our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. I thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. If I'll ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes, expand our borders and our territory, expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace your love and your goodness and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you and we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders, and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? How are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today, to impact every area of our lives today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some fun into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land in the Old Testament, there were steps and stages in a process they went through because they had to learn to put off their old ways and to learn how to live in a new way, to rely on and trust in God to take them into this land. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, we have to learn to do the same thing, to put off our old ways, to go through this process with God, learn to put off those old ways, learn to rest and to trust in him, to allow him to unfold things in his beautiful timing. And very simply, I think it takes just starting, just believing he's got something better for our lives, better than we never ask or think or dream or imagine
1: being willing to move forward with that plan rather than wanting to go back to the way things used to be. So our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light. Every day we've got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light.
0: It's got to happen every day. And I think it starts with humility, humbling ourselves in relationship to God, humbling ourselves in relationship to other people because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. Just simple childlike faith and belief and humility is the starting place, I believe. And we're going to get position in forgiveness. We're going to receive forgiveness from God. We're going to forgive ourselves in the middle. We're going to walk in forgiveness with other people. We're going to take our position in love today. To walk in the light is to walk in love, kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs, delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today, one of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal, because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. In Christ, God has taken everything that he has, and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get access to all of that today. His spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's health and energy, purpose and grace, time, finances, resources, fellowship with God, fellowship with people. It's all available in the light. Unlimited, inexhaustible. But We got to learn how to get in position to receive and then how to get it flowing through us out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our life. So our first step is to get in position. Our second fundamental is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart. We'll become more fixed and consistent in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two balancing scales, two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket full of the issues and problems and testings, the other basket full of our praises to God, praising God for who he is, praising God for what he's done, praising his name. To magnify the light, which basket are we going to put our focus on? Which one are we going to focus on? Which one are we going to meditate on? Which one are we going to put our thoughts and our attention and our words into? Which one are we going to fill up? So to magnify the light, we can just praise God for his word, for his unfailing love and faithfulness for who he is, for all that he's done. He's the creator of the world. He sent his one and only son for us. He's redeemed us and healed us and made us holy and righteous. Put this treasure in our hearts. We can meditate on what he started. He's going to finish. He's going to see it through to completion and just magnify these things. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's simply choosing to focus on the other basket, to fill up that basket of praise, even in the face of issues and problems. Because we trust that he's a whole lot bigger than those problems, and he can solve them a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, doing things our own way filling up that basket of the issues and problems, just thinking about them and toiling away and meditating on those problems. Turning a molehill into a mountain just by meditating on those problems, complaining, venting, pouting. And that's where we're going to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. One of the big ones in John, First John, it tells us when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with God, fellowship with one another. You're going to have a lack of fellowship. When you feel like that fellowship is broken, big signal. You might find yourself retaliating at people. You might find yourself withholding things from people because they did something you didn't like. You might avoid people or give them the silent treatment or isolate yourselves. On the inside, you feel this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. I have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, depression, like you're trapped or you're stuck and it seems like there's no way out. And all that weight and pressure just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios, reliving things from the past. Usually we're lacking presence. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. This can become a pattern. And we get stuck in these loops or these vicious cycles that seem to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there is rest in our soul. There's fullness and completion in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And all those good things he put in Christ just begin to flow through us. The peace and joy and spirit and power and love and mind and wisdom. It all just begins to flow. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. And if we ever get off track, just take some moment to turn it right back around again. How do we do it? I think it starts with humility. Father, forgive me. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. If we need to reconcile with somebody, forgive them or say we're sorry, we take those steps, humbling ourselves. Let me start praising and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness and his love. I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental, we have got to stay tuned in today we got to get all these good things in the light out through us into the world. And one of the big key steps in that, the conversion process, we've got to stay tuned in to him because he's going to give us something to do, something to say, actions to take. But we've got to stay tuned in to him to know what those things are. My favorite way to stay tuned in to him is with the journal before bed. I like to start my journal at the top with some filters. These filters are just short phrases, maybe a statement, maybe one word. That we keep rewriting every night in our journal as a way to reinforce God's vision and plan and standards for our life. For example, it might look something like the following. God is working continually for my good, and I'm going to do continually good for others. And that short phrase just helps us to navigate throughout the day when there's issues and problems. It keeps it top of mind for us. And I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position and then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen and reflect back over the day. Whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we have got to stay connected to him, tuned in to him throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple minutes. Just slow down. Get aware of his presence. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. He's going to give us some things to do. And then we've got to take action. We've got to do what we know to do. The final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God, toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? We say, tune into him. He's going to show us what to do. What do I know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle, that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter 1, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So I've begun to start my days this way. That's my very first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. Then we start praising and magnifying him, get connected to him. We start walking out that plan. Full confidence that he's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives and beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything god has for us into our lives let's talk about training time to train time to train this is just something that keeps coming back into my mind lately time to train and this verse keeps coming up first timothy chapter 4 verse 8 the apostle paul says to timothy have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales rather train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good. Working out is good. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, what does it mean to train? Like I said, I've seen the difference between working out and training. Working out, you come in with no plan, no purpose, no plan for progression and how you're going to progress over time. There's no discipline, really. You're just coming in and doing whatever. To train is to come in and be disciplined with a plan, with a purpose, sticking to the plan, making consistent, diligent progress over time. There's a big difference. To stay balanced in it, to stay consistent in it, it takes a commitment to train. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 says, for for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it, it yields or produces the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The Bible tells us to train. We're going to train
1: ourselves in godliness. And so we're asking for God's help with that today. Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help. We're asking to, for you to teach us how to train the right way. How to train
0: both our physical bodies, but also to train ourselves to be godly. Training and
1: godliness. We're asking for your help with that today. So that it produces this peaceful fruit of righteousness.
0: By those who've been trained by it. We just say so thank you that you're so faithful. The Bible talks about train up a child and the way they should go. And in the end, they'll
1: not depart from it. I'm just so thankful that you are faithful as your children. You're faithful to teach us and to train us we think
0: thinking on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is our, my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember. God sent us his one and only son. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself unto death on a cross for us. To go through all that he went through on that cross where the cup of God's wrath is poured onto his body. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And that same victorious power now lives on the inside of us. Connects us back to God. Makes us right and
1: holy and perfect in God's sight. All through his one sacrifice. Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Something's coming to mind. I just feel like when it comes to the things of God, I feel like God's saying a lot of people work out, but very few people train. There's a difference. Then on the night at
0: the Last Supper, Jesus said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light, into the kingdom of God's dear Son. He's our faithful high priest. His blood cleanses us, makes atonement for us, makes us clean.
1: Gives us this new covenant with God, this blood sworn oath that God is with us and for us, working for our good. So, Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take your juice. <clears throat> All right. One of the ways we can start practicing this, just
0: in our physical exercise. There's a difference between working out and training. Let's start to train our physical bodies as well. Some versions of that verse we just looked at in Timothy. Say physical exercise is profitable. It is good. Something we should be doing. Godliness is much better, but it does profit. It is profitable to do that as well. Let's work on training. We show up with the plan. We show up with the purpose for the day, progressions on how we're going to get better. We're tracking our progress over time. Keeping a workout log or journal. Let's train. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the
1: Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.